Radio 570 KVI. It's KVI Want to Know Weekends. KVI Want to Know Weekends. Get ready to raise a toast with Seattle's most spirited hour of talk. Happy Hour Radio, sponsored by Mary Hill Winery. Explore the best in Washington wines, beer, spirits, food, and more with your guide, Seattle sommelier, Christopher Chan. It's Happy Hour Radio, right now on Talk Radio 570 KVI. All right, welcome Seattle, welcome Puget Sound, and welcome to Happy Hour Radio. I'm your host, Christopher Chan, advanced sommelier, your weekend wine guy, uh, master mixologist, and commodore of cocktails. Happy October. It's Rocktober, and uh, wow, the chill is in the air. The the football is in the air as well, sometimes on the ground. Uh, and uh, we got some great holidays coming up, uh, or some great social occasions at least. I'm not sure Halloween's a holiday yet, but it is fun. And I know that'll be a rocking time, so uh, be sure to uh, plan out your evening. Look ahead and, and make plans. Uh, get that Uber driver going for heading out, or get a designated monster driver and someone in costume but uh, be safe be have some fun and uh, be sure you stock up on all the good things at your house including uh, lots of water and hydrate um, the holiday season is a time to rejoice and relax and be social and be, be thankful Thanksgiving of course and of course Christmas uh, so take care of each other out there especially when you're doing parties um, don't be afraid to take the keys because we all make some poor decisions and a poor decision doesn't have to be, mean the the loss of life. Um, but on a lighter note, uh, it is uh, Halloween season, and we're talking about spirits. The spirits are in the air. The spirits are in the sky. I've got uh, two gentlemen from Schnapps Like a Spirits here in Woodville, one of our local distilleries, and uh, that is Rob Collins and Dave Groom. Uh, they're their tri- triumvirate of their trio of leadership. Marcus, uh, the third party, is. Uh, out of town, but right now I've got Rob Collins and Dave Groom. Gentlemen, welcome to Happy Hour. Thank you, Chris. Thank you. All right, so um, Schnapps Like a, interesting name. Uh, before we get into your background, let's just talk about Schnapps Like a, the term. How did you come up with this name? Well, our colleague who's not here, uh, Marcus, came up with the term. Uh, he's from Germany originally, and uh, he kind of uh, said, you know, this would be a great, fun, playful name uh, to uh, name the company. I think there's a hobo distillery, too, someplace, right? <laughs> Haven't <laughs> so heard of that one. <laughs> well, so schnapps like a means, it's a term for uh, being overly uh, hungover, or is it being intoxicated, or what? Well, it's the feeling you have the next morning after you've enjoyed a lot of schnapps. Let's put it that way, Chris. That feeling, huh? Yeah. Well, hopefully you had some uh, some sausage and some, uh, some verst. You had some verst before. Uh, well, um, Dave, that's cool. So schnapps like, I bet you trademarked it. I'm sure it's available. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Good. So, um, Rob and Dave, you guys met in, in your Microsoft X-Tech guys, is that right? That's right. Uh, Marcus and I worked together back in the, the 1990s in Microsoft, uh, and Marcus continued working there. I left Microsoft, and uh, I think he met Dave there shortly after. That's right. And uh, that's how we all came together. That's cool. And you, you all had an affinity for some beverages, I imagine? Absolutely. Now, uh, I understand, Rob, that your history goes back uh, several generations, is it? Uh, you're originally from, what do they call that? Is South Carolina really the South? It is definitely the South. It's the center <laughs> of the South. The center of the <laughs> South. Well, give us a little background about how you, uh, you your early stages of understanding what fermentation is. Sure, sure. Uh, my, like I said, my father was uh, from Tennessee. He uh, made moonshine with his father and his father before that. Uh, and then he came to South Carolina and found my mother. Uh, I used to sit in the woods with him. He would make illegal moonshine and sell it to our neighbors. And uh, I learned how to make 
spirits from that. Interesting. Well, uh, when we think about moonshine, obviously there's that uh, there's that television show on cable somewhere right. called The Moonshiners or something. Uh, quite interesting. Funny how that you can make a show about something illegal and yet there's nobody chasing them until they got the cops and cameras. Anyway, that's not you. So you had a history of moonshining. Well, let's talk about the moonshine process. Just give me a breakdown. You need a big kettle pot and then what? Uh, you get as much copper as you can find, solder it together. My father would walk around with uh, what he called his biscuit batter, which is a bowl of uh, flour with water in it, and he would smack on some batter onto wherever it was leaking, and it would uh, basically bake a biscuit on that and seal the leak, and uh, that's he would spend all night going around the still doing that. Um, you would <laughs> ferment and... <laughs> not looking for a new welder then? No, no. Okay. He'd, he'd do some soldering here and there, but it was not a great job, and uh, the equipment wasn't exactly as professional as what we use now at Schnapps Leica, uh, and he would use... Uh, food-grade drums to ferment in, so kind of small scale, uh-huh. uh, very small scale. And so really, copper still is basically taking a sugar source, and in this instance, it's corn, crushed corn or cracked corn. That's right. Uh, crushed it's, corn, and he added sugar as well, which was pretty common for those guys. And that's basic uh, beet sugar or cane sugar? Cane or? sugar, sucrose. Cane sugar. sucrose. Yeah. Not great for, for uh, yeast, but uh, it would work. Really? Yes. They're, they're particular, huh? Yeah, they, it, what are they, vegan yeast? <laughs> <laughs> they prefer, you know, any sugar, really, but uh, glucose would be probably their preference. Well, how how prolifer- prolific were these these stills there in uh, South Carolina? W- was it a booming business, or did you have a good market share? Uh, in our area, I don't remember anybody else doing it, so I don't remember any competition. And uh, my father would drive around a truck selling his wares, and they called him Mr. Haney because he had a truck, and, of course, he had his, his moonshine there. But uh, I don't remember any other comp- competition, and uh, we never really got in trouble with the law either. So Ah, well, okay, so no criminal record. That's yeah, good. Yeah. That's what they, TTB, <laughs> they don't like that stuff. I was underage at the time, too. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so they could have been caught with, uh, well, charged with child uh, you, exploitation and making you work. Right. Uh, speaking with Rob Collins and Dave Groom, uh, <laughs> two of the three proprietors who started the Woodenville uh, distillery, Schnapsleika, and uh, Schnapsleika Spirits. You guys make vodka, gin, uh, I see, uh, Akavit, a cardamom chai, uh, well, what is it? We'll figure that out. And then uh, Cherry Kirsch or Grappa. So how fun. Um, question about your history in South Carolina. Did you have a brand? Was there branding back then, or was it just, you know what, it's White Lightning? It was White Lightning. It was served in uh, milk jugs, and that's how it came. No labels, no name, no nothing. You should bring that back. <laughs> Special on the gallon, right? Right. Gallon milk. $9 a gallon. You can write it on with uh, 9 bucks a gallon, huh? That's crazy. What was the proof back then? Uh, I think it was around 80 to 90. It varied. Uh, it, he would pull it off the still, so uh, as it came off the still, he never blended it afterwards. It would be at varying No, he lengths. took it all? Yeah, he took it all. He took it all, the heads, so, the hearts, the tails. Well, no, and... he, he would separate the heads and the, uh, the tails, but he would, uh, in, in between, he wouldn't blend them into one tank. He would you know, just fill up a jug one after the other. Uh-huh. And, uh, he would call that as good grade to his low grade. Now, um, I imagine you don't have... Uh, Irrigation or pipes there in the woods. So, how That's do you correct. get your water source? Well, it was in a low country of South Carolina, so uh, everywhere you look, there's water. Unfortunately, it's really black, dark, uh, smelly water. He just also used called that. Uh, swamp water. Swamp water. He just used that. He would dig a hole, literally two feet from the still, and dip a bucket, a five gallon bucket, in, and pull out this really foul smelling black water, and use that for his mashing. Uh, but when it came off the still, it was delicious whiskey. It was yeah. Well, you know amazing. the purification process, and um, well, that's interesting because you talk about real terroir. I've never heard of swamp terroir yet, but I can smell it in my head a little <laughs> bit here. Uh, so, Dave, you got involved. Uh, your expertise lends what to this triumvirate? 
Yeah, so I was a uh, kind of an amateur winemaker since uh, 2004. Uh, and also growing up, my father made uh, beer like a lot of other uh, fathers of the day. So that's how I got, got interested in that. Ah, well, okay, so you started making wine as an amateur. Was that in a five-gallon bucket, or was that uh, here in Seattle, I take it, or Washington, or where? Yeah, it was here up in uh, North Seattle, uh, <clears throat> typically in uh, batches of, say, 10 gallons per season. And uh, how did it turn out? turned out pretty good. Um, they, they did some red wines and some uh, white wines. Uh, there's some folks at work that actually uh, like the white wine more than the red, I think. <laughs> and did you ever have to distill any because of a little acetobacter, or I don't know, what is it? it was was it all just wine? You didn't get into distilling until now. That's right. It was all just wine at that point. Did you have a label and all that? Yeah, I made some uh, labels with my uh, Scottish Terrier's uh, head on the on the, on the the label. That's it was cute. called the Chateau de Kiki. Chateau de Kiki, huh? Yeah. How cute. Well, that's that's interesting. I mean, I had a, a career early on with, with <laughs> fermented beverages, I should say, and uh, I brewed beer as well, um, and I just made wine, so perhaps I have to get, try my hand at distilling someday. Um, and it looks really fun. So... Hmm, schnapps like a, um, obviously you make schnapps, which is the cherry schnapps and then the grappa, but you only make one schnapps, but your name is schnapps like Well, the thing is, uh, schnapps in German is, is a kind of a generic term for uh, alcohol. Oh. Uh, same as in Japanese, sake can be kind of a general term for, uh, for alcohol as well. Uh, so when we say schnapps like it uh, basically applies to all uh, potential spirits you could potentially make. Okay. Full well, range. And you could also reverse and say, I like a schnapps, right? That's, That's right. right. I like a schnapps. Cool. Well, I'm excited to taste some of the products here. And uh, you were founded in 2009 during the, uh, well, when the, the new laws came into effect here in Washington State. Thank goodness. Uh, get that uh, those handcuffs from the state off our, our creative hands. Um Starting out with vodka, obviously vodka, and you had a plan. You said, you know, we're going to make vodka, we're going to make gin. Is Did you have a real, real solid plan? Actually, yes. Uh, we each three have our favorites. Uh, I'm a whiskey person, so I wanted to make bourbon, and we do make <laughs> bourbon. Unfortunately, bourbon takes a very long time. Uh, we obviously do it the old-fashioned way, so it takes a very long time. So we, we have nothing No caramel coloring and flavor? No, sir. Oh, man, that's what they're putting out there these days. Well, that's cool. So, um, what is your base uh, grain for the most of your spirits here? The vodka. And... Uh, we use mostly uh, Washington winter white wheat for uh, the vodka and the gin. Because there's red wheat and there's white wheat. That's right. White wheat's the softest. We it's the the least flavorful. We're trying to go for low flavor, so we use that. Of course, we wanted to go with something that's grown in Washington and. I believe 70% of the wheat grown in Washington is white wheat variety. Sure. Now, you went and uh, were you looking online for stills, or did you go to some other distilleries and say, hey, I want to check out your still? Or I mean, I imagine that the distilling uh, community <coughs> is pretty close because you're all fighting the same or trying to climb up the same mountain. So we have a pretty unique uh, setup in terms of how we distill. We have what we call a stripper still, which, uh, Rob, you want to explain a little bit about the stripper still? Sure, it's a, it's a large vessel. So when we designed our system, uh, we were concerned about space, uh, and also we wanted to keep our day job, so we wanted to uh, <laughs> uh, deal with the time aspect of this. So we designed our uh, distillery to work in stages. So a, a batch would be about 800 gallons, uh, about a 25-barrel fermentation system is what we use. Uh, we have a stripper still that reduces that down to about 100 gallons, and then we have a spirit still that's 100 gallons. And a stripper still, is it a column still, I mean? It's a, a big pot still. It's essentially a very 1,000-gallon pot still. Uh, we strip it, but we don't separate heads or tails. We just do the good, bad, and the ugly into barrels, and that goes into the spirit still for uh, further Oh, I see. And so does the, the good goes in there, too, then? So you, you actually yes. do a bulk 
distillation, and then you you kind of fine tune it with uh, the smaller kettle. That's right. That's right. And the the large still doesn't have uh, bubble plates or any sort of reflux. We just uh, take the now a bubble plate is. Uh, bubble plates in our system, we have a column with bubble plates. Uh, it's used to uh, create reflux for uh, the It rectifies liquids. it, rectifies. right? So the, the gas coming up uh, bubbles through the liquid that had previously gone through. Uh, more volatile compounds evaporate out, and less volatile compounds sink back into the liquid. So you have to sort of exchange I all see. the way up the So column. once you get the steam or the vapor of the alcohol coming in, it goes down, it rectifies, meaning it cools a bit, but... What happens then? Uh, we also inject cold water in the top, so we add more cold in the top, so it sort of sends uh, the more the less volatiles back down. So we're basically separating compounds by their boiling point, and uh, we, with the boiling plates, you can do that more specifically. You can uh, now. Have you looked at the compounds at all? I mean, when it comes to vodka, obviously its definition is tasteless, odorless, colorless, which is great marketing. Right? Um, did you actually taste some of the uh, uh, the the the, the first runs, the, the heads, to sort of taste what's in there before you, to get we, an idea of what's what's bad? We did and we do. Uh, we Obviously, we use temperature as the, the main differentiator for when we want to start thinking we're near hearts. Um, but we, we taste it all along, and there's a lot of bad stuff in the stuff coming off in the front. So uh, we wait a good bit before we taste it. But uh, when we start getting toward hearts lands, we can still taste some of the, the methanol, the acetones, that sort of thing. Interesting. So uh, the, the total process takes a week, two weeks? Well, we pipeline it, so we... Uh, you know, pipeline. Yes, we do. So uh, We're all engineers, so <laughs> we, we, we have it set up that way. <laughs> but we uh, start at one end, so fermentation can take sometimes up to two weeks. And we, uh, uh, distillation takes, uh, any, you know, for the stripper still, it takes about half a day. And for the spirit still, it takes a good day, eight hours. Uh, of, okay. So up to two weeks, basically, on, on average, right? Because you um, got fermentation and... Well, we usually let it sit around, too. So it takes about a month, really, okay. to go from yeah. start to finish. Interesting. Well, when we come back from this break, I will definitely jump into this uh, lovely, well, this clear, colorless, odorless, tasteless spirit. Uh, schnapps like a vodka. But what makes it unique is that alcohol has a little bit of sweetness in it because it's, it's sugar, and um, there's certainly some flavor in that soft winter wheat. So stick around, folks. We'll be right back on Happy Hour, speaking with Rob Collins and Dave Groom from Schnapps Like a Spirits. Hi, I'm Charles Smith with Charles Smith Wines, and you're listening to Happy Hour Radio with Christopher Chan on 570 KBI. A look at the world from a Northwest perspective. Lars Larson, live, weekdays, noon to 3. Talk Radio 570 KBI, want to know weekends continue. Now, back to Happy Hour Radio with Christopher Chan. Uh, so cool to hear Charles Smith uh, back for round two. And Charles Smith's actually got a huge new winery, uh, the largest winery in Seattle, uh, down in Soto, Georgetown, I should say. Uh, you got to check it out, Charles Smith Wines. Dot com. But right now, uh, we are in the spirits. The spooky spirits are these nice spirits. I've got uh, Dave Groom and Rob Collins, who are two of the three proprietors of Schnapps Like a Distillery, or Schnapps Like a Spirits, up in Woodville. The first spirit I'm going to try is vodka. Now, I know I was talking about the definition of vodka is uh, colorless, odorless, tasteless. But you're telling me, because of your unique uh, fermentation style and distillation, that you've got some great flavor here. Tell me about this. 
Uh, well, we use a pot still, so it's a very traditional. We use the same still to make all our products. So it's a pot still, so we're not going to get the high uh, distillation that you get from, let's say, a, a factory that has a, a, a really huge column. So we have a column more geared towards schnapps and whiskey, more so than for vodka. So we make vodka on that, but it has a, a bit of the character from the wheat. There's a sweetness from the wheat, and there's a bit of a, a whiskey flavor from the wheat. Uh, you know, it's interesting because I think uh, when I think about my, my palate when it comes to spirits and wines and liquors and beers, I think we're all evolving. And uh, I've always not been a vodka guy because a lot of it was medicinal and just smelled and it's like, ugh. But you're right. This actually has this this palatable, it has a little texture. It's a little sweet. Um in a nice way. And there's no, you don't filter this, right? No, this is straight up still. We don't add anything. We yeah. just take it straight up I think still. when these get these big companies that are selling really cheap vodka, they take all that nasty spirit and just put it through charcoal or something and filter it to try to get rid of that, the heavy uh, and uh, flavors or, or, or cogeners and stuff. Um, but this is actually delicious. So how many pounds of wheat does it take to make a 750 bottle of uh, vodka? We use about uh, 1,050 gallons or uh, pounds of uh, of wheat, and we uh, have a um, flour mill up in uh, Burlington uh, do a fine grind for us, and then we uh, throw that all into the still with about 650 gallons of water and some malted barley. About 150 pounds of malted barley. And you add yeast, right? Uh, we do that after it cools down. We mash it, so we we go through uh, three temperature stages. I in see. Our so mash. you create the wort. That's right. Well, we, we also ferment in the mash, so we never separate the wort from the grain. Oh, so we I ferment see. with the grain there. Uh, the old timers insist upon it. So, uh-huh. uh, Makes sense. Yes. I mean, give them all, you know, that's the, that's what you got. It's a lot of good nutrients for the yeast as well that you get naturally. We don't have to add nutrients. And what comes out? Is it like oatmeal mush? Absolutely. Is it, it really? It's more the consistency of pea soup, but yeah, absolutely. Huh. And what do you do with that? Uh, we put that in our fermentation vessels. We cool it down. We pitch the yeast, and we let it sit for a couple of weeks. Then we put that into our stripper still and uh, turn up the heat and take the first okay. hundred gallons off. And then, um, and then, is that given to a farm or do you, do you recycle that, oh, so to speak? The end stuff. Yeah. Uh, we we were giving it to a pig farmer. We we're trying to look for a new place to give it to. We had a, a pig farmer that would come pick it up. Uh, but we are so good at converting the sugars to alcohol that the pigs don't like it. So <laughs> we've got to find something else to do with it. Finicky pigs. <laughs> yes. Oh, so fun. Um, well, Rob, tell me. When it comes to the gin, is this the same spirit that you use the vodka and then you just start infusing botanicals and other things? Absolutely. We use a, a, a gin basket, so we, we make the same uh, wheat-based product. Uh, we give it a couple of uh, extra distillations with a, uh, a gin basket. So uh, basically, we just put botanicals in a, a, a stainless steel cylinder, and we... Uh, distill the product through that so that it picks up the... It's uh, like a colander then? So it's yeah, air exactly. Goes it looks just like goes it. So the vapor it. goes through it. Uh, it picks up some of the essential oils and then comes off the steel and we recondense it. Now, how many how, how many pounds or how many ounces of, of uh, botanicals and you put them all at the same time or do That's you go right. through separate steps? We uh, sort of process them separately like the juniper berries for the gin need to be hand crushed mm-hmm. in a... Uh, and a mortar and pestle. We tried using mechanical grinding means. Who does the mortar and pestle? Is that you, Dave? We kind of hand it off because it takes a while. It's uh, a labor intensive. We take three turns. hours total, yeah. something like that. Holy smokes! Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah we no Cuisinart pestle. No Cuisinart <laughs> mortar. We actually we actually tried the Cuisinart, but we found that if you don't use a mortar and pestle, um, you don't get the oils out of there. That's right. So yeah. pushing those oils out really helps a lot. Makes okay. a huge difference. And uh, so. Uh, so it's about ten pounds of botanicals. I uh, see. And how large. big is the is the round in the hole? I mean, you got to you got to sort of put it in the middle where it gets.
gets all the vapor right, you don't want the vapor escaping on the sides. That's right. Well, it's, uh, it's sealed, so the vapor comes in a uh, one-and-a-half-inch uh, tube in the bottom. It's all stainless steel. Oh, I see. Uh, it spreads out to about five inches, and that's where the basket slides down, and it fills the space, and it's about three feet tall. And then there's another small inch-and-a-half pipe now, coming out the top. Those pipes are too hot to touch? Uh, usually, yes, yeah. when we're running. Interesting. Yeah. So... Um, you were Rob. You're a brandy guy, a bourbon guy. That's right. And Dave, you were a wine and beer guy. But the gin was. Do you like gin? Yeah, uh, the gin kind of came along with the uh, the vodka. We were thinking, well, what could we do that would, uh, you know, give us some interesting new products? Uh, now that we've made some vodka, so we decided on uh, making some gin. It's a London style gin, and um, meaning dry, juniper based. Right. Yeah. Very strong juniper flavor. And um, I see these 375s. You got these at the tasting room. What do these run? Uh, in the tasting room, we're uh, somewhere around the $30 range. Excellent. And uh, if people want to find you, where in Woodenville are you and what's your website? So we're up in uh, North Woodenville off the um, off 522. Uh, so if you head up the uh, Woodenville Duval Road, we're at uh, 19151 144th Avenue. Uh, northeast, I believe it is. We're in a place called The Junction. It's got uh, oh, the Junction. seven or eight wineries, yeah. Yeah, uh, a brewery, spot. cidery. It's just on the corner of the big warehouse district. That's exactly. correct. Yeah. Excellent. And uh, website? Website's uh, schnapslikyspirits.com. And we also uh, do uh, weekend updates on our uh, Facebook page, which is Schnapps Like Spirits Group. And that's uh, S-C-H-N-A-P... S L E I C H E. That's Schnapps right. Schnapps uh, You can check it out in German and um, you'll figure, figure it out. Uh, just, <laughs> uh, well, use your web browser, I guess. Hey, we're a Bing country here. So you have two gins. The first is, of course, the London Dry. What's the second one? So the second one, uh, we talked to some of the, uh, the folks that really enjoy gin around the area, and they said that, um, you know, our first gin that you just had was, uh, was 80 proof. And uh, the gin experts were telling us that uh, it's really nice to get into the 43 to 47% range, uh, which would be uh, 86 to uh, 94% or 94 proof. So we, uh, we took the same recipe that we did for that uh, 80 proof gin, and uh, we just uh, uh, didn't add as much water so that the alcohol um, content was higher. And this is uh, 96 Proof. That's right, 96 proof. It's definitely hotter on the palate. I'm tasting, um, and I think that accentuates some of the juniper or the green, the, the herbal characteristics. Yeah. What are the other botanicals you add to the to the gins? Uh, the second ingredient is, most popular ingredient is coriander. Uh, we use orange peel, angelica root, and cassia root. Interesting. So that's five ingredients, juniper, cassia, angelica, um, coriander. coriander. Only four? Orange peel? Right? Orange peel. Hey, I did have five. <laughs> uh, tasty. Um, interesting, because I think when you, you call this actually martini strength gin, uh, I get that if you're shaking it up in a martini, you get the coolness of the ice, so that's going to take some of this perceived heat away. I, obviously, I'm taking it at uh, bottle temp right now. Um, it is palatable. Uh, I can see that in a martini, and I think when you're drinking martinis, you're looking for some, some bang anyway, which is cool. So what does the 750 run? 750s um, somewhere in the... Don't have the the numbers on me right now, but up in the forties, just above forty. And where can we find uh, how many? You've got a bunch of products. You got the vodka, the two gins. I just say vodka, London Dry Gin, That's Martini right. Strength Gin, an Akavit, uh, a, a um, cardamom spirit, and then grappa and cherry kirsch. These are all available out in the marketplace. So the vodka and the uh, the uh, the gins are available at uh, Wine World and Spirits up on Forty uh, Fifth and uh, Yep, Wine Forty Fifth. Yeah, and then the rest of the products are available out at our uh, tasting room. All right, and uh, let's see, Akavit. Wow, the history of Akavit is really more of a 
what is it a digestive basically or is it I mean, didn't they sort of drink it at the end of the meal up there in Scandinavia places? Yeah, we've been kind of getting educated uh, along the way. There's a, a Norwegian fellow that stopped in the other day and said that uh, back in Norway, what they'll do is they'll have a, um, you know, like have a, a big meal, and when they uh, get about halfway through, and maybe they said had they've had a meat dish, they'll have a shot of aquavit, and uh, that kind of uh, clears the palate so that they can continue on for the rest of the meal. Continue on. <laughs> That's right. You need to fortify here for dinner at the table. Well, you know, I just took a sip. Um, and Akavit has been very, very powerful in the past, but this is a gentle style. Um, I get hints of caraway, or there's a little bit of uh, licorice or anise here. There is. And what's that from? It's from star anise. Uh, we, oh, uh, Aquavit, okay. Aquavit goes across the board there. Uh, it, some are very pickly flavored, and that's sort of what we try to go for. And some Just are very anisey flavored. Just got that pickle flavored. spice. Yeah. And that's, um, is that like white peppercorn or red peppercorn uh, or dill? There's dill, and uh, there's a little bit of uh, grains of paradise. Grains so that of gives it a bit of peppery, yeah. peppery flavor. All right, I picked it up. So fun. So Akavit, um, a very niche spirit, uh, but if you're going to go out for dinner... <laughs> I want to shout out Akavit before that steak comes, right? Is that how it works? After the big bacon, wait, after the big prawn dish and the Caesar salad, you have a shot of Akavit and Absolutely. you're ready for your steak over at the Met. Some folks That's buy right. it and drink it for Christmas uh, here in Ballard, uh, whether they like it or not, just because of tradition. It's quite interesting because it's very dry on the finish and uh, you still get that herbal character, uh, very pleasant. Well, when we come back from the break, I'm excited to get into uh, some of the more friendly spirits, I think, and you've got the cardamom, which you call chai course cherry kirsch i'm a big fan of cherry liqueurs because uh, i think there's a certain purity to it and also like almonds and those are very similar flavor profiles and the last one is a grappa now the cherries are washington cherries right that's correct okay good we used a sweetheart cherry this year interesting yeah because there's a number of those there's the bing there's the crosby or the, uh, there's like four different kinds of black cherries out there i think here in washington yep. state and uh, you the grappa is finally what grape uh, from a Shirah. Shirah. All yeah. right. So when yeah. we come back from the break, we're going to dump it, jive. <laughs> we're going to sing, jump, paddle, sp- swim into more of the Schnapps Like a Spirits here with Rob Collins and Dave Broom right here in Happy Hour Radio. Stick around. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Dave Bender with Wish Wine Company, and you're listening to Happy Hour Radio with Christopher Chan on 570 KVI. The Commute with Carlson, weekdays 6 to 9 a.m. on Talk Radio 570 KVI. You're in the know with KVI Want to Know Weekends. Here's more Happy Hour Radio with Christopher Chan. All right, welcome back for for round three. Oh, my goodness. I'm having way too much fun here in Happy Hour Radio. Uh, I've got two of the proprietors of Schnapps Like a Spirits up in Woodville uh, at a place called The Junction. It's on the corner uh, right next to the Warehouse District. Uh, It's a must-visit place because they've got some wineries there and, of course, this distillery. So uh, I've had the pleasure of tasting vodka, the London Dry Gin, the Martini Strength Gin, which is quite interesting, and it's a good bang for the buck. Um, try the Akavit. Well, I think that's that's most interesting because it's really a, a very pleasant flavor. I've, I've had Akavits which are, are sort of bitter and just raunchy. Um, but this is very smooth. It's delicious. It has the, the aromatics that are very pleasant. Um, but now we're going to go to something which when people think of kind of raunchy spirits, grappa comes to mind. I think we've had a lot of cheap grappa in our life. Uh, 
Well, at least I have. <laughs> um, but it's nice to actually get the good stuff. And I had the great stuff uh, from some places in Italy. Uh, Poli is, uh, Jacobo Poli is a great producer of single variety grappas. And uh, I want to know about this one. So this is called? This is a Schnapslaki grappa, and we make it from a, a Shiraz grape. All right. And uh, you take the grapes. So this is a red grape. It's right. uh, post-fermentation, so once they're done making the wine with with the, all the seeds and uh, berry skins, they remove that, and then you take it, pick it up. You just They just shovel it into, into a bin, and you haul it over and do what? Then we'd add some water, and uh, there's um, enough uh, uh, yeast that's remaining that it starts fermenting again, and we're able to uh, make a distillate from that uh in that combination. Which I always thought was quite interesting because when you think of wine production, I mean, you're getting all the sugar out of the grapes already, and yet there's still something that remains that you can still do a, uh, an 80% uh, or 80 proof alcohol. Well, we're, we're actually using quite a lot of uh, of the, those skins and, and seeds. and So it's not one-to-one one like, like wine grapes. It's That's right. really 10 to 1 or something. Yeah, we have to use a lot. We also make a lot less of it. We don't get as much product from grappa as we do, say, from vodka. And is this, does this take longer to, to re-ferment, or do you just actually add water and re-what? Boil it? It was. Uh, it took about another two or three weeks to let it uh, start fermentation and finish again, I, I believe. Um, but um, yeah, what is the alcohol by then? I mean, you must do a little test. Say this, we're at uh, three ABV, or we're using a specific gravity at that point. So we separate some of the solids as best we can, uh, and then we. And use what, a is, what typically gravity. does it re-ferment to? Two percent. One point oh oh. So one percent alcohol in no, the no, solution. No. This is specific gravity, so it'd be one point oh. zero zero seven, which is so probably around six percent. Yeah. Okay, great. Yeah, that's six, what I want to know. Yeah. Excellent. And but so that's basically beer. So it's the same as anything else. Right. Everything else is about well four to eight percent, right? Doesn't taste quite as good as beer <laughs> at that stage, um, right? <laughs> well, I have to admit, and I put this in my mouth, and it's again, grappa can be fusel. It can be. Uh, jet fuel, hot, burn, and just so uncomfortable. But again, you've—is it our water? I want to say part of it's our water because we have a soft water which really helps uh, coat the palate nicely. Um, this also has a very grape flavor. I'm surprised. Yeah, well, thank you, Chris. Um, one of the things that uh, to also note is that um, this was made by a friend of mine who's uh, an amateur winemaker. So uh, it was, <laughs> it was, uh, it was kind of—he uh, uh, made the big leagues. Finally. That's right. Yeah. Um, but we were really <laughs> pleased with the, the flavor on that. Uh, it's delicious. So when you think of uh, um, grappa, this is, again, another digestif, which is, is consumed at the end of the meal. People linger, and perhaps a little espresso and some sambuca and then um, some grappa as well. They yeah. like they like to party over there. So fun. Well, um, one of my favorites is cherry. Uh, you know, growing up as a kid, you all got you know, the cherry licorice, the cherry lozenges, and the cherry... Uh, well, cherry candy. And now I've got cherry candy in a bottle called Schnapps. And this is called... So this is our... Uh, you, could call it, you could call it a Kirsch. Our label, we call it a, a cherry or a brandy. Uh, actually, the, the government uh, requires that we call it a brandy. So it's a cherry brandy. Um, this was made from uh, Sweetheart uh, Variety Cherries, this year's crop. And um, we bottled it just last weekend. With the pit in? No, we removed the pits. Uh, we bought a special machine this year from Hungary that uh, basically centrifuges the uh, the pits out of the fruit. And that's so it just makes it a mash, too, then? That's right. I see. It's mostly the pits destroy our, some of our equipment, so we'd love oh. to leave the pits in. Actually, it adds an almoretto flavor to uh, our schnapps, but it really destroys our, our pumping equipment. Interesting. Uh, now, uh, taking the aroma of the uh, cherry kirsch here, the first thing I get is, is there's a sense of smoke or toast or... Uh, 
a little bit of it smells like a barrel to me. Mm-hmm. What's what's that from? Is that something unique to cherry, or is that something unique to the spirit, or is it still young and in the bottle? I think it might have to do with it being young. We just be having it just uh, bottled it last weekend. Uh, we expect that'll probably change over time. Ah, so the aroma wasn't quite as pleasant. I'm thinking when you think cherry, you're like waiting for that cherry. Yep. Kind of like when you smell vanilla extract, like, ooh, I want to, that smells great. Can't wait to taste it. And like, holy smokes, it's no good. Uh, this is really palatable. Um, it finishes with a hint of cherry, and it's a dark cherry, and it's not sour. It actually has that sweetness of the, the vodka, which I uh, referred to earlier, and now it has a little bit of cherry essence in it, which is really cool. We do uh, age it a little bit in stainless steel. We let it sit around for a week. Usually a week's good, but I think maybe uh, we should let this sit around a little more for the, for the smell. Um, I like it. Well, I understand you have a, a very, very special spirit that is uh, coming out now, and uh, this is called what? Uh, that would be the uh, the chai. The chai. I thought it was the Blackberry Geist. Oh, the Blackberry Geist. Okay. Yeah, let's jump into that. Um, so the Blackberry Geist is um, actually probably closer to the, to the gin family that we talked uh, bef- about before the break. Uh, what we do with the Blackberry Geist is we take that uh, vodka or the neutral spirit that uh, Rob had described, and we uh, put uh, dried fruit, in this case uh, dried blackberries, into the, the gin basket. Oh, I see. And we vapor-infused that fruit. So it's not an eau de vie. It's actually more of a, uh, well, you call it percolated, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and in, in German, they call it Geist, uh, which translates to spirit or ghost. Um, so this is a, um, you know, it, you, you could kind of, it kind of tastes a little bit maybe like, a, like an eau de vie, but um, it's made com- uh, very differently. Is this proof different? Is this 80 proof still? This is 80 proof, proof, yeah. Interesting. And I think there's a slight dry finish here. It's almost like tannin. Um, Is that from the dried blackberries? You're just getting, because that's skins, right? That's right. And I would think there would be some acidity still left, but most blackberries aren't tart. So really when you're getting, you're just getting the dried, some sugar in there. But it's it's the most unique spirit so far, and I can't wait to try the the cardamom spirit. Um, And blackberry geist, it's... uh, dried blackberries from Washington State, or where do you find those? We actually, we didn't get those from Washington State. We try to source almost all our ingredients They're all over I-5. I like it. I'd love to have someone pick 7,000 pounds for a batch of uh, schnapps for them, but uh, yeah, they're, that'd they're hard be, to get. Uh, well, we've got to try that. You've got the fresh cherries. We can get some fresh blackberries. Uh, quite interesting spirit, and um, this is now released, and uh, I see it's still in, in the sample size bottle with the uh, uh, Magic Marker label, which is cute. That's right. Um, so this is definitely a preview. Final spirit here is going to be uh, your chai, right? Yes, that's correct. Uh, chai, we had a distillery very close to us in the past. They were Project V Distillery, and they were good friends for us. They'd come over and give us uh, tips when we were getting started. They'd been around for a while, and uh, they had made a, a chai-flavored vodka. Uh, so when they left, uh, some of their customers would come and ask us you know, if we could make that. So we decided to try give it a whirl. So we, we, we created our own sort of slant on that by using our gin basket, of course. So we put the botanicals in the gin basket. Uh, we used the same botanicals you'd make chai tea out of, and then we, we infused it infused it into our alcohol that way. Well, the the, uh, the aroma is uh, very intense. It's definitely, it's almost overpowering and almost uh, a little scary. You think, oh, this is like it's really not a sipping go. drink, I don't think. Um, so. But I just took a sip, and I find it to be very pleasurable. It's it's very comfortable. That, that cardamom hits you in the aroma, but it's, it's very uh, diffused on the palate here. Tasty stuff. It's uh, really good for using as a mixer. It adds a very complex spiciness underneath anything else, as long as it's not the primary. Uh, and it's all cardamom, you said? No, it's a, uh, let's see, I got the ingredients here. It's cardamom, 
Cassia chip, cloves, ginger. Oh, so cinnamon, cardamom, and green ginger. Okay, so that's what adds. I can see cardamom being just straightforward, knock you over the head, but you got a little ginger in there Some and clove. Uh, clove, grain paradise. You said grains of paradise? Grains of paradise, yes. Yeah, so fun. Well, gentlemen, uh, congratulations. Your first release of product was uh, Christmas Eve 2014? That's correct. Uh, last year, what we did was we made uh, our first product was uh, apricot schnapps or apricot brandy. And we released, we raced uh, to, uh, against the clock, and we were able to uh, get into tax year 2014. <laughs> the paperwork clock, that is. Exactly, because <laughs> I don't know if you had any sales, and you know, those are going to say, well, you've got something. Well, um, Schnapps Like a Spirits up in Woodenville at the junction, uh, schnappslikeaspirits.com. Your, your product, your gin and, and vodka, is available at uh, Wine World and Spirits in Seattle. That's correct. And uh, pretty tasty stuff, pretty neat. Um, congratulations. I know that you got founded in 09, which I believe gives you plenty of time but this is what 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 batch is this for us is this your fifth sixth batch or sixth release in since 2014 or probably around our 16th to 19th batch each bottle yeah uh, we, we label them on the bottles like this uh cherry schnapps is 19 cool batch 19 uh this chai was 11 wow so fun well um rob collins dave groom thanks so much for joining me on happy hour radio thank you Chris. thank you uh hey folks if you uh want to get more of this show um check it out online at our, at our website happyhourradio.net and if you have a twitter handle send us a tweet at happy hr radio facebook schnucks like with spirits or facebook happy hour radio.net so i'll see you on the next side we got one more segment coming up so stick around we'll be right back on happy hour radio Hi, I'm Chef Don Curtis with Volterra Restaurant, and you're listening to Happy Hour Radio with Christopher Chan on 570 KBI. Only one station has Sean Hannity. Weekdays, 3 to 6 p.m. on Talk Radio 570 KBI. It's KBI Want to Know Weekends, and you're listening to Happy Hour Radio. Now back to Seattle Somalia, Christopher Chan. All right, welcome back to round four, Happy Hour Radio. Boy, uh, I tell you, those guys up at uh, Schnapps Like a Distillery in Woodville, they got some great products, um, a lot of products. We tasted seven different products, and I'm um, kind of feeling it. It feels good, <laughs> and that's what Happy Hour is all about. And coming up next, uh, um, I've got a couple segments uh, throughout uh, this month that are featuring... Um, my interviews at SIP Northwest Magazine's fifth anniversary party. Shout out to Aaron Thomas and uh, Kristen Ackerman, who have done a great job um, helping promote Northwest spirits and, and beverages and beers and ciders. Um, it's This is a fun time. I have to apologize in advance because the, the room was loud. We're having a party, and um, I'm f- having a great time as well. So when you get to, uh, you can turn the, the, <laughs> the volume down just a bit, and um, you can appreciate it, but it's a lively conversation with Anichi Sellers, and they're down in uh, the Gorge, Columbia Gorge area, and uh, make some great red and white wine. So uh, stick around for this uh, three brief little segment uh, with Anichi Sellers from SIP Northwest Magazine's fifth anniversary party in Seattle. And I have Anais Mira, who is the assistant winemaker. Anais, welcome to Happy Hour. Hi, thank you. Well, tell me where the winery is. Um, we're based in the Columbia River Gorge. Uh, we're on the Washington side on Underwood Mountain. Underwood Mountain, you know, there's um, a lot of my friends, sommelier guys, who are looking at Underwood Mountain for some really, really cool fruit. Yes, definitely cool. And um, so for Anichi Sellers, tell me about the origin of this name and uh, how long you've been making wine. 
Uh, we started making wine in 2009. Uh, my mother, Rachel Horn, started it, and it's named after her two kids. So my name is um, Anais, or Ani for short. My brother's name is Che. Is che. I love that. Uh, <laughs> it's all about having, you know, that's how the, uh, the French do it, especially in Burgundy, Bouchard, Baron Feast. But you've got the name right away. Well, what kind of wines do you make down there at Anichi Cellars in the Columbia Gorge? Um, we specialize in these European-style blends. Uh, they're food-friendly, so we have um, a little bit of a crisper uh, wine. Um, we do everything from Riojas, Rhones. We have a Chateauneuf de Pop tonight. Um, and um, some Italians as well that we do. Well, I see a white here. What's this white? Uh, we have two whites. We have um, a Vino Verde style, um, so it has a little bit of that effervescence to it. And then a rum. You say Vino Verde style. Does that mean you're using Trajadura grapes or? Well, it's just actually straight Albarino. Oh, okay. Albarino. <laughs> so that would be the Portuguese style of Albarino, right? Yeah, the Okay. Why don't you pour me a little sip of that in my glass here? I want to taste some of that. And uh, this is, yeah, this is ice. Well, it's com coming out of the ice. Yeah, that, that, that's good for me. That's like a new glass. Hey, you kind of need new glass when you come to these parties. <laughs> I've had so many great experiences and tastes. So um, tell me about this wine. Um, it's crisp and refreshing. We're getting the uh, Albarino from Dick Boucher and Yakima. Oh, I'm sorry, not Dick Boucher. We're getting it from uh, Den Hodes um, at uh, Dutchman Vineyards. Um, really wonderful. has some wonderful minerality to it. Uh, crisp and refreshing. We don't like to have a soft white. Kind of want to zing it up a bit. Well, I'm getting a little bit of Lee's contact here, and there's a certain dry finish. What's, is, it, is, there, is this... Um, aged in barrel at all? No, it's fer it's a, we kind of finished off the fermented bottle. Oh, interesting. So that gives you a little more of that spritz, which uh, I'm not finding at this particular location, but I'm sure that bottle has been open for a while. Well, um, Anais Mira, where can we find your wines in Seattle? Um, we're, we're with uh, American Northwest Distributors, uh, so we're in a bunch of uh, smaller wine shops. Um, we're also in, let's see... Um, well, tell me the website so we can find it online. Yes, uh, it's www.anichecellars.com, A-N-I-C-H-E, cellars.com. Awesome. Well, I'm, I'm really liking this. Uh, what do you call it again? Come and Go, named after a T.S. Eliot poem. <laughs> well, I'm a, I'm a poet. I'm not a poet, now you know it. Anyway, Anais Mara, thanks so much for joining me on Happy Hour Radio. Thank you. That was Anichi Sellers at uh, the Sip Northwest Magazine's fifth anniversary party over at uh, Premier on Pine, a great new condominium. Um, all these new condominiums, these buildings growing up in Seattle, growing up, being erected in Seattle, they've all got this penthouse suite in its uh, entertainment room. And Premier on Pine is fantastic property, great views. It's like 41 floors up there for the penthouse. Uh, places, plenty of place for wineries and breweries and entertaining. Uh, it's lots of fun. And uh, if you want to check out more of our interviews, uh, they'll be coming up this month here on Happy Hour Radio. If you ever miss a show, don't forget, we've got a great website. It's happyhourradio.net. And uh, we're on Facebook as well, so you can track us on Facebook. Um, friend us. Friend us at Facebook or like us. Uh, Facebook, Happy Hour Radio. And um, it is the holidays, and I know when you're making those plans for some uh, Thanksgiving soon, but... Uh, 
I got a wine suggestion for you. Anichi Stellar's got great wines, and so does Coral Wines. Coral Wines is here in Seattle. Uh, you know, you got to try a rosé with your turkey this year. Their 2014 Pink Coral Rosé is phenomenal. And uh, the white and red wines, the white coral and red coral, are all beautiful wines for Thanksgiving. So check it out. Available at Esquin, uh, McCarthy & Shearing, Champion Cellars, Total Wine, and Metropolitan Market, PCC, and more. Thanks, folks, for joining me on Happy Hour Radio. Hope you had a good time. I look forward to seeing you uh, next week right here, 6 p.m. to 7 p.m. on KBI. Remember, folks, life is always better with a designated driver. Cheers. Cheers.